tool that we just wanted to offer all the participants that you might find helpful and interesting in, in your work today or maybe in future. So hopefully you all have that. If you didn't get it, please send me a message and we can I can make sure we get that out to you. And um, also, uh, I think I've connected with most of you on LinkedIn. If we're not connected, you probably have okay. a LinkedIn request from me in, in, uh, in your LinkedIn. So check that out. Or uh, also you can send me a LinkedIn request as well. Uh, just a reminder to mute your, your mic if you're logging in. I'm hearing a few voices in the background. So if you're not one of the presenters, we'll just make sure your mic is muted. And um, so LinkedIn, make sure you connect with me on LinkedIn so we can follow up afterwards. And again, let me know if you don't have the Facebook content strategy. So we've got, um, we're just into our start time now. So I would like to introduce our speakers. Uh, we have two speakers for the webinar today. We're going to be one hour and we will have, uh, first of all, I'll introduce myself. My name is Patrick Teeley. I'm with AppliChat. Um, I uh, was born in Ottawa, grew up in Manitoba and spent um, about 25 years in Saskatchewan, most of that time working in the justice system in nonprofits, but also in the provincial justice ministry. So uh, I have lots of connections to healthcare through my work and mainly in victim services in my career in Saskatchewan. So lots of respect for, for the nurses and doctors and people who work in healthcare and, and helping folks in that industry. And I've been working with AppleChat now over the last year or so, uh, working with Adam. Adam is our president of AppleChat. He'll be speaking later on in our webinar. And um, uh, our first presenter will be Caitlin. And um, Caitlin, so sorry about that. Yes, I introduced so, myself uh, as well after. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. No, Caitlin, I'll just quickly say Caitlin Roberts is the founder and principal consult consultant at the Employer Brand Shop. That's a boutique recruitment marketing and employer brand agency that's based in Kitchener, Ontario. Uh, her team helps organizations around the world attract and engage talent using creative marketing strategies. So Caitlin's going to do a presentation. We'll have some time for questions after her presentation, and then we'll move into uh, the, our next speaker with Adam afterwards. So Caitlin, I'll turn it over to you. Amazing. Thank you so much for the introduction, Patrick. Appreciate it. I'll just get my presentation um, up on the screen share here. I may need to grab it over from you, Adam. Perfect. Can you see my screen okay, Patrick? Looks good, yeah. Perfect, all right. So as Patrick mentioned, I operate more on the employer branding and recruitment marketing side of things. So that's really what we're gonna uncover during the first half of today's webinar is how we can use employer branding and recruitment marketing approaches um, in order to more effectively tap into nursing talent across Canada. So Patrick already provided a lovely introduction, so I won't add too much more onto it. Um, like Patrick, I also was born and raised in Ottawa, um, and I grew up in Ottawa until I was early 20s, um, and then actually came to this area, the Kitchener-Waterloo region, for a master's degree at the University of Waterloo, and ended up liking the area and sticking around. So that's sort of where I um, have ended up establishing myself. Um, as Patrick mentioned, I'm the founder and principal employer brand consultant at the Employer Brand Shop. And prior to that, I was running my own consultancy just under my own name for about two years. Um, and before that, I worked in-house with a number of tech companies, both large enterprise as well as startup. My background is really more so in marketing, but a couple of years into my career, I ended up transitioning into the talent acquisition space and just loving how dynamic and fast paced and people oriented it was. Um, so basically found the way to combine my two interests, my two passions and skill sets. And very early on when recruitment marketing was kind of just in its nascency, that's when I began to, to focus there about eight years ago. Um, again, as Patrick mentioned, the Employer Brand Shop is a boutique recruitment marketing and employer brand agency. And we help organizations across industries and really around the world to uncover what sets them as a part as an employer and to come up with a strategy for positioning themselves in front of their in-demand, hard-to-fill talent segments in order to attract those segments more effectively, alongside coming up with strategies in order to engage and retain their, their current employee base as well. 
Um, so something I like to do when I present is offer up um, a little bit of a giveaway, a social contest. So if anything throughout this presentation resonates with you, if there's anything um, that you learned that you want to share with your network, if you tag us on social media at the employer brand shop, we'll be sure to see it. And anyone who mentions any of the content that I share during this session will be entered in for a chance to win a free one hour consulting session where we can do a deep dive on some of your talent challenges and I can offer up some suggestions and recommendations targeted to your organization to help address those challenges. So you can either just do like a, a screenshot of the presentation or just share, share a little quote, whatever you prefer. Um, just make sure to tag us again so we can see that you've entered and we will be contacting the winner next Tuesday. All right, so we have just under 20 minutes to get through a lot of content. Um, in a few places, I'm gonna point you out to resources so that if you want to dive a little bit deeper since we can't cover everything in a short presentation, um, that you'll know where to go to uncover a little bit more information. So first off, we're going to briefly cover what employer branding and recruitment marketing is, because there are sort of inconsistent definitions that exist out there. So I want to make sure we're all on the same page. And we're going to talk about why this type of work can be a great supplement to your talent acquisition strategies, um, particularly in the healthcare space. From there, we're going to talk about what to do to really get started. What's the first project you might want to think about if you do want to start incorporating more employer branding and recruitment marketing approaches into your healthcare recruiting strategy. And then we're going to get a lot more specific and we're going to talk about the actual recruitment marketing plans that you can develop and put into place in order to, to get in front of that passive nursing talent a little bit more effectively. And then last up, we should have sort of eight to 10 minutes to, to do some Q&A. So if there's anything specifically that um, is sort of left unanswered at the end of the session, you'll have a chance to, to chat with me then. All right, so first things first, why employ, employer branding and recruitment marketing matters. So for those of us that are maybe a little bit more unfamiliar with what employer branding actually is, put simply, it's basically your reputation on the market as an employer. And you can really build more awareness around your employment opportunities and your employer brand, as well as positively influence people's perceptions of your brands through a number of strategies and programs. And the reason why I mention that is sometimes people think kind of your reputation is what it is and um, you're kind of stuck with it and have to come up with approaches to work around it. But there are a lot of strategies that we can do to sort of improve an employer's reputation. Um, and again, build awareness with the talent segments they're looking to position themselves in front of over time, and we will touch on a few of those today. Um, an effective employer brand, in a lot of cases, it's the talent acquisition team that is most interested in employer branding because they want to use their employer brand to attract talent. But I do like to mention as well that in, in an ideal world, we're also taking that employer brand and partnering with our peers in HR to activate the employer brand internally for employee engagement and retention purposes, as well as externally. And that's important to do as well, because you don't want to be in a position where you're going to market with one set of messages about what your employer brand is all about. And then you have employees maybe chiming in saying, hey, that's not my experience, or that doesn't resonate with me, leaving reviews on Glassdoor, that can really cause some brand dissonance issues. So that's where the internal activation piece is also really important. Unfortunately, again, due to the length of this presentation, I don't really have the time to dive into the internal stuff much but we do have a lot of resources on our blog at theemployerbrandshop.com slash blog, um, as well as you can tune into our podcast, which is on any podcast player, you can look us up and it is the employer brand shop talk podcast. And the entire first season is basically covering the foundations. And we have a few episodes that are dedicated step-by-step -step to breaking down how to activate your employer brand internally. Um, so if you're looking for more information there, that would probably be the best spot to turn to. So recruitment marketing, on the, on the other hand, is basically the activation of your employer brand with that external talent audience. So it's applying marketing techniques and strategies and tactics to the recruiting world to affect talent, um, to affect more qualified talent more effectively. And some of the common channels that we develop strategies for include places like a company's career site, which continues to be an extremely important touch point for researching an organization and making the decision to apply or accept an offer. Job advertising, social media, 
um, job sites like Glassdoor, Indeed, as well as your own employee base through employee advocacy programs, which I'll unpack a little bit more further on in this presentation. So why does all this matter for nursing recruitment in the healthcare space today? So first off, preaching to the choir, you already know this information, but healthcare recruiting is getting more competitive than ever before. Um, we're starting to see we have a shortage of nursing nurses compared to the population, and we have an aging population as well, as well as, of course, the health crisis pandemic um, occurring presently. So definitely a shortage of nurses. And in fact, since Stats Canada started tracking um, statistics around nurse hiring over the past six years, they've seen a 77% increase in vacancies for nursing roles. And at the same time, we're seeing a decrease in people actually looking actively for jobs on Indeed for nursing type jobs. Um, so there's definitely more supply than demand when it comes to nursing opportunities on the market. Uh, recruitment marketing though can help to attract more qualified candidates. It can tap into that passive audience that's already happily employed and show them that there might be something even better on the horizon for them. And importantly, it helps to move candidates forward in your recruiting process by providing them with the information they need to determine if your organization is the right fit for them. And then lastly, of course, it supports, as I mentioned, with employee engagement and retention um, so that you can limit the amount of vacancies that you do have open. So from there, if you're convinced that employer branding needs to be something you consider a little bit more in your strategy, um, if you haven't done so already, one of the best places that I'd recommend starting is really with your EVP or employee value proposition. So many of you have probably already heard of the term employee value proposition before. It's pretty widely used within the general TA space at this stage in the game. Um, but for those of us who are maybe less familiar or need a refresher, um, an EVP is basically the value that you offer to employees in exchange for their coming to work with you. So put the most simply, it answers sort of the what's in it for me for candidates. Why should I join your organization? Why should I stick around long-term? And a good EVP shouldn't just be all rainbows and butterflies. It should really paint the full picture of the authentic employee experience, including maybe some of the sacrifices that are required. Um, so you, you show the give and the get, what, what employees have to sort of give to the role as well as what they, they get out of it in an ideal world with a substantial EVP. And your EVP is really composed, it can be composed of a number of different factors, which I have here listed on this slide. So not every single one of the factors on this list is going to be incorporated in each EVP. It just depends where your organization stands out. So basically you wanna conduct research to find out which of these areas is a differentiator for your organization and those are the angles that you really want to start to play up in the external communications and recruitment marketing collateral that you're developing towards your nursing audience. And with nurses as well, what we've seen from some of the research, by the way, one area that they're really interested in is the approach to getting work done. Um, so in particular, they're really interested in the facilities that you have. Um, they're interested in what technologies they'll be working with, what what the different processes look like for your specific institution. Um, nurses really like to understand more of the sort of what a day in the life looks like, the in-depth details about um, what their working environment will be like. So that's something that's really good to, to bring to life either in your EVP, if it's something that's a differentiator or just on an ongoing uh, basis through some of the maybe employee blogs or social media posts that you develop to, to get attention in front of this audience. So if you're looking to develop an EVP, um, we basically have a seven step process that we talk about for developing an EVP. And I'm just gonna touch on each one of these steps super high level so you have a little bit of an idea what you expect. Um, and you can take a look again at our blog or at our podcast if you wanna have like all of the details about how to execute on each one of these steps. So an EVP should really come from the ground up rather than the top down, ideally. So the first place we always start is by conducting re uh, employee research. And we collect employee research in a number of different ways. So in an ideal world, we're sending out a survey to all employees to collect information that way. 
From there, we arrange a number of focus groups with some of the, um, the target talent segments that we're really going after within an organization to speak to them. And then finally, we also arrange one-on-one -on -one interviews with some employees so we can dive even deeper and really unpack some of those group conversations further. In addition to that, you'll also want to do some leadership roundtables because an EVP can be partly aspirational as well. I would say it should be 80 to 90% rooted in today, the lived experience, and then it can be 10 to 20% where you're headed, where you want to be as an employer, as long as you actually have concrete plans to back that up and sort of have that built into your HR policies and programs. You're kind of already acting towards moving in that direction. It can't just be something you entirely make up, but it can be something that you're on the way towards. So that's where the leadership roundtables can come in um, because often leadership has an ideal idea of where your direction is going as an organization from that standpoint. In addition to that sort of firsthand employee research, you can also pull data from sites like Glassdoor and just export those anonymous employee reviews to see what people are saying there. And then you combine those sources together and you really sort of synthesize them and try to identify what the common themes and patterns are that are emerging. And that becomes the basis for your EVP. And once you've identified these patterns, what you really want to do, go out and do is a hiring competitor scan. So you probably have a decent idea of some of the institutions, some of the other hospitals, some of the other employers that you sometimes lose talent to or that um, are particularly appealing to the talent segment you're going after. So you, what you'll want to do is go and take a look at their careers web website, some of their other recruiting collateral, maybe their social media, and see what they're saying about themselves as an employer. So you can make sure that you're not going to the market with the exact same messaging. Um, even if some of the things that you offer might be similar, you want to find a way to say it that feels fresh, unique, compelling, authentic, um, or otherwise you're wasting your efforts to, uh, to an extent because you're not differentiated enough. From there, once you've done those four, first four steps, you build out the draft EDP platform, which consists of messaging. So typically a tagline, as well as a series of pillars or core messages. Um, for each kind of theme where you stand apart. You also want to develop visual guidelines that communicate that messaging in a visual way and visual examples. And from there, you test your EVPs. So you might run it past some additional focus groups, some employees. Make sure there's no red flags where anything you're, you're writing or communicating really feels counter to what they've experienced. And then from there, you can, you can finalize it with leadership. Again, emphasizing with leadership that this is something that needs to emerge ground up, not top down. So leadership doesn't come in at the end and try to sort of rewrite what you've really tried to build um, authentically from the employee voice. So that's a super quick and dirty um, guide to building an EVP. But again, you can find out more on our blog or on the podcast. The EVP is really important as a starting step because it acts as your, your guiding star, if you will to inform all of the different touch points and recruitment marketing collateral that you're developing and putting in front of nurses. So this is really an area, it takes a bit of time up front, but it's worth it because it'll just make everything else easier. You have a plan, you sort of, you know what you wanna say and you know where to go. Just gonna check the time to see how we're doing for this last section. Okay. Um, so yes, finally getting into the more concrete recruitment marketing component. Once you've developed your EVP and you're ready to create a recruitment marketing plan to actually um, get in front of talent, it should really consist of at least four sections. So firstly, candidate persona research. Next up, your channel strategy, then your content strategy and an employee advocacy plan. And we'll run through each one briefly here. So candidate persona research is basically um, a little mini project that helps to ensure you have a really in-depth idea of who your audience is, who you're talking to, what their motivations and pain points are, as well as where you're most likely to effectively reach them from a messaging standpoint. So to create your candidate persona, I typically recommend speaking with at least five high-performing employees in the target role you're going after, as well as some folks from your recruiting team, and you actually might be a great source of information yourself on this one, um, who have been recruiting for this role for a while, who are able to share insights about what sort of sources have worked for them in the past, what are some of the key themes about successful candidates that they deal with. Um, so that's what you would use to build out that candidate persona. And then you can literally sort of print it off, 
have it next to your desk if you want to use it as a guide when you're crafting um, different communications so that you really keep your audience top of mind as you move forward. So from there, once you've defined your persona, you can start to determine which channels you want to invest time in um, in order to bring in those applicants and get those eyeballs and build brand awareness. So as I mentioned, your career site is still a very important touch point. So it's definitely that's worth taking some time to explore and investigate if your current career site is up to par or whether it maybe needs a bit of a facelift. You wanna examine what your presence looks like across popular job sites where you can create a profile. Um, so places like Nursing Careers Canada, RN Careers, Workopolis, Indeed are all big ones with the nursing community. Um, in addition, you'll want to actually look at your job descriptions themselves to make sure they're communicating that EVP front and center. Um, if you can find opportunities to link out to video content or blogs that bring that employee experience to life, you can help to elevate your job description and increase the likelihood that someone will actually hit apply. You can also reach out to professional associations to look for opportunities to put your content in their newsletters to send out to employees or perhaps even on ads right on their, their site themselves. Um, as well as you'll want to take a look at social media sites where your nurses are spending time online. Um, and some popular ones there include YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, but I won't go too in depth on that as I know Adam's going to speak to that in more detail during his component of the webinar. And lastly, you might also consider programmatic job advertising as well as Google advertising. Um, programmatic job advertising basically uses a machine learning algorithm in order to distribute your job ads across multiple places online, um, rather than putting all of your job ads budget in one job board, it sends it everywhere. And over time, it optimizes It figures out which job boards are, are using that spend optionally, and it starts to put more of the spend in those places. So it takes the guesswork out of things and helps you to make sure your budget is going as far as it can. And Google advertising is ads that appear at the very, very top of your Google search above all of the organic results. Um, also a very effective way to reach talent that um, maybe isn't often searching for jobs. So once you've figured out what channels you wanna, you wanna focus on, you have to start developing your content strategy. So for this one, just think about what questions your nursing candidates are likely to have as they go through their candidate journey and try to create content pieces that answer those questions for them. So that might be again, blogs, social posts, videos, all sorts of content. In addition, I like to develop content series that actually reflect the EVP that I've developed for a client. So this is, this is just EVP pillars from a different client that I've had in the past. And a few examples of some of the content series that we develop to communicate that EVP in a way that's showing, not telling over time. Um, so these would be regular content series that we might publish on their blog, push out on social media that help to really bring those value elements to life for people that are researching the company. And the reason that we do all of this ultimately is to help with our conversion rates so that we see a higher proportion of people moving down through each stage of that funnel and that we see a higher proportion of qualified and quality talent doing so. So that's really what we're, we're aiming towards. If you're looking for a great example of nursing content done well, um, an institution that I really admire in this space is Northwell Health. They are a New York based hospital, um, but they do an incredible job of, of bringing the employee experience to life for nurses. Um, their career site is definitely worth checking out. They have a page specifically for nursing talent rather than just like one career site. They have pages broken up for different talent demographics. They have a new, an email newsletter they send out with, with new content that, that's coming out. Um, and they have really targeted messaging. They've even developed sort of a, a sub employee value proposition that applies to this group. Um, so they're doing a really effective job at, at targeting this, this tough to find demographic. Sorry, I accidentally clicked the link. Um, one moment here. Okay, sorry about that. And then finally, you'll wanna focus on employee advocacy as part of your recruitment marketing plan. So employee advocacy just refers to getting your employees to be champions for your organization 
and to share their story and advocate for you with their networks online um, so that they can basically spread the word about what a great employer you are. And this approach works really well because people, research shows that people are more likely to trust what's coming directly from someone like them, as opposed to um, sort of a brand account or a, a CEO or someone like that. So this is a really effective approach to use. And you can start to come up with plans of offering social media training and guidelines, um, enabling your, your nurses to create content and, and post um, on social media about their job from time to time to raise awareness, as well as encouraging them to sort of like and share the content that you're already creating as well to amplify and extend the visibility of it even further. And there are actually a lot of software solutions that you can look into here that help to um, facilitate this. Um, so if you just Google like employee advocacy tools, you'll see like pages and pages of software options. One Canadian one that I actually haven't used before, but since we're dealing with a Canadian audience today, I thought I'd mention is um, Post Beyond was one out of Toronto. That's a good Canadian software solution to check out. And then in terms of measuring success on your initiatives, again, just looking at those conversion rates. So for example, at the start of your funnel, you wanna see more people who are visiting your career site or job ads, actually taking action and applying and so forth. You wanna monitor the quality and quantity of applicants and new hires who are coming in. And you can measure that just by seeing the number of applicants who actually receive interviews, for instance, that's a good metric there. Um, and then just tracking which sources are bringing in the most qualified applicants for the best cost per applicant. So you can, again, start to focus on the channels that are giving you the most bang for your buck. So that is everything that I wanted to get through. Um, I think we only have about five minutes for questions, but I will hand it over to you, Patrick, to moderate that component of the presentation. I think you're on mute still, Patrick. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so I was just waiting for the for that to come through. Perfect. Great. Thanks very much, Caitlin. So um, I'm seeing a few comments from people that uh, I people are commenting that they're seeing things that can be improved in their organization based on what you've suggested. I have another comment that hey, looks like we're already doing some of these things, and it's really reassuring to know we're on the right path, and they can see some ways they can polish what they're already doing based on what you've uh, shared just now. Um, I, I, I do note that we have a wide range of participants. We've got people who are managing um, mm -hmm. talent acquisition for an organization, and then we have recruiters, people who are on the front line of doing the recruitment. So we've got a, a wide audience. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there's value for both to see what changes can be made in the organization broader. And also recruiters can change some of their own approaches individually and also champion for changes within the organization as well to make some improvements to the organization's approach. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. for sure. With, okay. with recruiters as well, sometimes I've seen in the past, some folks have tried to advocate for a, a small component of their role to be dedicated towards working on some of these strategies, um, which can take up the, the space that they would have been, or the time they would have been spending rather on sourcing um, to more inbound lead generating activities. So that's also something that's worth potentially thinking about and discussing with your manager if you have the appetite and interest to, to pilot Perfect. it. Great, yeah, so there are ways that recruiters can champion. Okay, I've got a couple other questions. One uh, question says, the biggest problem we encounter in our geographic area is competition for staff. We're a smaller organization. Uh, mm -hmm. We are creative and successful overall, but we can't always keep pace with larger organizations' budgets that are much bigger than ours. So how does a smaller organization compete with a big hospital with a big budget? Yeah, again, so I think it really circles back to doing that legwork at the beginning and uncovering your employee value proposition because compensation isn't everything when it comes to employment. It can certainly help and it's definitely one of the top drivers, but it's not the only driver. So it's really about talking with your current employee base and figuring out, okay, even though our compensation is lower, why did you choose us over other options you had on the table? And based on their answers, it's really finding ways to put that front and center when you're speaking with candidates, when recruiters are speaking with candidates, um, as well as again, on your recruitment marketing collateral on your career site, on your other touch points that candidates are gonna be engaging with. So they have a clear idea what's in it for them and why they should take a next step. And then again, it's coming up with creative advertising channels as well to just get in front of 
nurses that otherwise you might not be on their radar at all. They might not know you exist because you are so small. So using things like Google pay for click ads so you can appear on the, um, the search results, using programmatic job advertising to distribute your jobs effectively, social media ads, which again, Adam is going to speak to. These are all ways to start to build awareness if you are a smaller sized employer. That's great. Okay, good, real good strategies. Um, I just wanna remind others to, to let us know if you have questions for Caitlin. I will take a couple more minutes for questions. I have one more that I'll share that came from one of the participants. Uh, the question is, what are some of the best questions to ask when in doing employee search? Oh, great question. Um, so some of the typical questions that we like to have in our surveys and in our focus groups are, it's pretty straightforward. It's questions like, um, why did you choose to join our organization? What do you like most about working here? What motivates you to, to stick around long-term? And how would you describe the culture to someone else who is potentially interested in working with us? Those are the types of questions that you, that you would ask to uncover um, the information to craft an EVP. Okay, that's really great. Thank you. Okay, I think you, the other, you've covered everything that people are asking about so far, but we'll let you know if other questions pop in here. Um, so on that note, I will uh, we'll move over to our next presenter. And before I do, I want to say that uh, for everyone, please stay until the end, because uh, if you stay till the end, for those who stay to the, to the end, we'll have a special offer for each of you that will help you get your recruiting to the next level. So uh, we're 30 minutes, 27 minutes till the end of the webinar. So stay with us till the end and you'll learn about that, okay? Uh, so the next thing I'd like to do is introduce our next presenter. Thanks, Caitlin, for your presentation. Um, I'll also let people know that we're going to be that we are recording the presentation and we can share that for those who are interested after as well. Um, our next presenter is Adam Chambers. He's the founder of AppliChat. AppliChat is a uh, marketing agency that specializes in sourcing and automatically pre-screening nurses for hospitals and assisted living facilities in Canada and the US. And all of that happens at less than 50% of the cost of staffing agencies. So a bit about Adam. Adam loves to salsa dance. He celebrated St. Patrick's Day at his home in Northern Ireland this week. And in the past year, he has managed to live in no less than three countries. So Adam, yeah. over to you. Not by choice. I was, I was happy in one place and then COVID happened. And here I am, but it's really good to spend time with my family. And you guys, thanks everybody for joining me. Um, and Patrick and Caitlin, we really appreciate it that you're you're giving us your time, like you're doing really important jobs here and trying to find nurses. So like we really appreciate it. And what I want to do is really help this, help you get the maximal uh, result out of the time that I'm going to be speaking. So the, the goal for me, really, the ultimate goal is to help you start thinking differently about how you find nurses. So like for me, I, I just want to share something we are doing, which we have found to be really impactful and really helping the, the people that we work with reach more nurses. So the title of this presentation is How to Reach and Hire from the Hidden Candidate Pool with 10 times more visitors than Indeed without spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. What I want to talk about today are uh, split into three. The first is, where is this hidden candidate pool? How can you find it? How to turn it into an actual recruiting channel and a source of nurses? And then the steps you need to get started. So I don't want you walking away thinking, like, that's a good idea, but I don't know how to do it. I want you to walk away with actionable steps to actually make this happen and change the way you do recruiting. So stay with us to the end and um, we have an offer where we're able to help you do that. So we surveyed the people who were uh, signed up to this webinar, some of our clients and some of the other healthcare recruiters across Canada we've spoken to in the past year. And we're generally hearing two major problems. The first one is, as we're all aware, there's just simply more jobs than nurses. End of story. And that's a real challenge for everyone involved. For the nurses who are who are working over time and they're they're really drained and tired out. And then 
as people in talent acquisition actually meeting the requirements for organizations and saying to nurses who are stressed out and overworked, this is this is a place for you to find a home and be happy and, and work. But there's a second part to it in our survey, which I found really interesting. And that was, we were hearing that a lot of recruiters in Canada are facing the problem of a limited candidate pool. And you know, I studied history at university and I'm really kind of interested in what words mean and how we can interpret them and how they actually affect our actions. And for me, when I saw that the people we surveyed were facing a limited talent pool, it made me really think uh, about some of the, the campaigns that we are running for our clients and the fact that we're able to get candidates in what they're saying is in extremely limited markets. And what I wanna do is really share with you how that works and how you can take advantage of it. The, the thought process behind this for me, and I'm happy to hear your, your comments in, in the chat as well, is it's an extremely crowded market out there and everybody is using same channels to, to find nurses. So Indeed has 250 million monthly users across the world. Don't have the exact figures for Canada, but I went and searched nursing jobs just in Toronto and you can see here it was 1,443 positions. And whenever a nurse goes on that, so Toronto nurse, I know there's different specialties, et cetera, et cetera, but they're going to see a list or two lists or three lists of organizations that want to hire them. They have a lot of options, they have a lot of choice. Just imagine as, as people in talent acquisition, um, you search for your next job and there was 50, however many jobs in your, in your uh, area that, that wanted to hire you. You would have so much choice and it would be, uh, it'd be very overwhelming and very easy to, to pick between the options. And the, the most of the, the people that we surveyed, of course, are using Indeed as their primary channel. What I want to kind of do is zoom out from that and just look at what we actually mean by a limited talent pool. So a talent pool can be defined as the suitable skilled people who are available to be chosen to do a particular type of job. So whenever you advertise on Indeed, you're trying to reach the suitable skilled people who are nurses able to do your nursing position and who are visiting Indeed. And that's the key part of of my sense there are people who are visiting indeed not every nurse is visiting indeed every day so if your only candidate pool is indeed or indeed another job board you're limiting yourself the limited candidate pool is really the the group of people that you are advertising to and whenever whenever you think about it there's almost half a million nurses in Canada and they're spending time on other websites they're spending time in other places how can you get in front of them that's the question that I think the winners are going to be asking themselves in the next 10 years in Canada and, and America as well how can we get in front of nurses where they're spending time how can we get them to, to become candidates for us so we looked a little bit closer at the numbers and as i said these are global statistics but on facebook for example they have 2.5 billion monthly active users so facebook and instagram are kind of one they're owned by the same people and 68 percent of people in canada's working populations we can assume 60 to 68 percent of nurses have a Facebook account. So whenever we look at candidate pool and we look at Facebook and Instagram, it kind of gets a lot bigger and it expands and it doesn't just limit itself to where everyone else is advertising. Of course, Indeed is gonna be your bread and butter. Of course, that's where the active job seekers are. That's where they are looking for positions. But outside of that, the pool where 60 to 70% of nurses are going on each day, 
is very open and untapped. And that's what I want to kind of share with you, how to, how to impact and how to take advantage of it today. And as I said, it, it is very open. So we, we did a little bit of research on, we looked at, uh, I think it was 30 largest hospitals and healthcare, home care agencies in Ontario. And we went onto their social media pages and we looked for positions they were advertising. And it's dramatically lower than is being advertised on, on Indeed on the job boards. So there are more people on these channels. So there's more nurses visiting them each day, but there's much less competition. So you can see here, if you're, if you're a hospital and you're advertising to a larger market and there's less competition, you're going to be able to get traction. You're going to be able to find interest and you're not going to be relying on a couple of job boards solely. Most nurses are actually ignoring your advertising because it's ignoring them. It's, it's not in front of them where they're spending time, where most nurses are. Uh, so you know that the passive candidate is somebody who's not actively seeking a job, but may be open to another opportunity. That's what I want to show you how to, how to interact with them today and make them interested in your opportunities. So you're probably thinking that it's hard. Like, so for me to say, use Facebook and Instagram to find nurses. How do you do that? It is on the face of it quite a daunting task. So as I said, 70% or 68% of people in Canada have an account. You don't want to advertise to all of them. You don't want all of them to be applying to your hospital. That would be a major problem. So how can you actually get a good quantity of candidates, but at the same time, keep it qualified and actually make them want to move through your, your process. So here's some of the numbers that we're getting and the steps I'm gonna show you are the exact steps we followed to hit these numbers. And I'm not gonna talk you through how to set up ads and how to screen people, et cetera, et cetera. I wanna make you aware of how you can do it. And then at the end, we'll, we'll talk you through how you can implement it. There's three simple steps, how to turn this larger new candidate pool into a source of nurses and hardly anyone has got this right. It's a targeted ad, a quick application, and then a phone call. So an ad, application, and a phone call. Let's talk about each of them in turn. So whenever I say targeted ad, I mean a picture, and some text, spread across social media or non-job board channels as we call them outside of Indeed that sells the candidate on your position and really just jumps off their screen. So a targeted ad for us has images of nurses. It has a headline, which tells them how their life's gonna change whenever they start working with you. And it makes them sit up take notice and stop scrolling or whatever they're doing. That's step one. And you can see, so this is one we ran for a um, critical care program where nurses could go from working in med surge to ICU. And just by, by being out there and by putting this in front of nurses, uh, you can see that they were even tagging their friends and even referring other nurses to the ad. So this is very powerful and it's very useful. So we have our ad, that's step one. The next step is a 60 second application. So whenever we're advertising to people who aren't actively seeking a position, we want to make it as easy as possible for them to share their basic information, their phone number and their email before having to fill in an application where they register for an account, write a resume or CV and tell you their life story. We need to make it as easy as possible. So if you're going out and you're putting ads across the internet, you want to have some sort of next step where they can input 
a tiny bit of information, make sure they're qualified, of course, and then move on to the next step in the process. So that can look like a, a quick form like this, where it just pops up on their screen and they can say what they have and then move on. Or you can even use a chatbot. There's a lot of platforms to do this and we, we do it as well, where it opens up and it's like they're talking to a person. Um, this is my favorite part because they can qualify, learn about the job, and then come in, be, become an applicant as if they're speaking to a friend. I think it's pretty cool. So an ad on the internet that's targeted, a 60 second application, and then a phone call. This is how you can start engaging this talent pool. The phone call part of it is, is quite simple. So you want to set up a team to set up some sort of email notification where whenever somebody completes this little application, you get an email like this and it says, phone them now, here's their basic information. Or if you don't have the resources to respond immediately to people who to apply, then you can also serve them a calendar link where they complete that 60 second application and then they can actually come in and pick a time to speak to you. So to recap, how you can reach this audience, which has 10 times more nurses without spending a lot of money is number one, acknowledge it exists and look at the opportunity which is out there. Number two, create an ad, make it easy to apply and then call those nurses. And number three, now this is the first thing actually, it's how you actually can get started. And I think the people I've spoken to in the past before say, okay, that's all well and good, but you know, how can I actually implement it and how can I can actually do it? So we've, we've worked with hospitals and senior living organizations through this process where they're trying to you know, sell things internally or they're trying to implement new solutions. Uh, from a variety of vendors, not just us. Um, we've kind of identified for this type of solution, at least three steps that you would need to go through. So the first one is considering if this is feasible. So thinking it doesn't make sense for you, looking at your market, looking at your budget, and then looking at your goals. Second step is finding someone to do it. So you can do it in-house or you can outsource it. And then the third part, one of the most uh, overlooked parts for me is actually tracking the ROI of that really closely. So questioning of the of the process, how many applications you're getting, how many interviews you're picking, how many hires you're making. And that way you can compare it to alternatives and then even start moving more of your resources into the new channel that you have created. And that brings me to the price. Like, is this an expensive thing to do? Does it cost a lot of money? Is it is it even feasible for the small organization which asked a question earlier and um, i don't think it is expensive so we did a campaign with uh, humber river hospital there's the, the former manager kevin happy to see the new manager christine in there hi um you can see you got to think really whenever you're whenever you're considering using solutions and um spending money on non-job or channels is what does this cost compared to the other channels we're spending on. So how much would we pay a permanent placement agency to fill these positions? How much are we spending in overtime to fill these? And how much is the, the ROI going to be? So if you're feeling like this after everything I've said, I know it can seem like quite a lot of information. What we wanna do is make it easy to navigate this for you and really help you understand if this larger, scary, maybe new candidate pool is going to be viable and feasible and something that your organization can utilize and hire from. So for the people on this webinar, what we're offering is to do the first step for you. So we want to be able to consider the feasibility for you. We'll look at your organization. We will look at your market. 
we'll look at your goals and budget and we'll really investigate is what I've said going to be a good match for you? Is this going to be something which is going to make you hires? Because at the end of the day, that's what really matters. Now, I think for most organizations it will because the competition is behind and there's there's not a lot of busyness on on this new candidate pool. So we want to give you all the keys you need to, to decide on this part, which is the most important part, finding who to do it. So what we're offering today is, um, it looks a little bit like this. So you would just click this link, which Patrick has put in the chat and fill in a little bit of information there. At the end, that will get you to book a 20 minute call. And on that call, we're gonna present really what we have found out about your market and your organization in here, and then give you advice on the best way that you would need to implement that, whether it would be doing it in-house. And we have a bunch of free pieces of advice that we can share with you, which talk through the process or outsourcing it to someone like us. So Patrick's put that link in the chat. And um, if you want to take advantage of that, we'll be here for the next 30 minutes, it'll be open. Um, what I want to do now is just open it up to, to questions so I can uh, respond to what I've said. I know a lot of it might be a bit new or left the field. So Patrick, could you fire away with the questions? Oh, let me just uh, get you unmuted. You go. <laughs> Great, thank you. Hey. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Adam, for playing both uh, presenter and techie today. Oh, <laughs> well, okay. yes, I'm the young one. So, uh, so we have a couple of questions, and one, uh, two questions that are posted in the chat from Leanne and Murray are similar, and they relate to what you talked about about the screening that you do through your system. One, Leanne says we've tried using Facebook, and we get both candidates who are not qualified and nurses who are internationally trained and not licensed to practice in Ontario. And Marie says, ditto, uh, we use all the channels and have the same experience, uh, have experienced the same challenges as Leanne. So can you talk more about mm. the screening? Like why is the screening through your system avoiding that for the employers? Yeah, sure. So um, we've, we've had this major big time in the past as well. And we, I can give you an example. So we did a, a campaign in, uh, in Europe to get nurses to move to Ireland. And at the start, there was there was an avalanche of people who weren't qualified but were interested because the money was, was too good. And really, whenever you do this initial screening on, on Facebook, you need to make it explicit and clear what the nurse needs and then actually ask them those questions in a way that, that qualifies them. So if, if, you're, if you're using our system, for example, we would set up a, a it's called a chatbot. So it's, it's automated messaging where at each step of the process, they're asked to confirm they have a certain thing. So you can see here, they're asked to confirm which type of certification they have. If they don't have it, then they can't proceed simple as that so you need to have something like this in place where it's making sure that, that the nurses who are coming through this or the people who are internationally licensed but don't have a local license say what they have and then they can come through or be rejected accordingly and this is best for everyone because you're saving time and then the nurse is saving time because they're not wasting it on making an application so you need some sort of middle point between the nurse clicking the ad and applying to you. So at AppliChat, we have this, and then we have somebody who calls the nurses as soon as they apply. So we, we put up two kind of middle points there, but as you need something like this, which will screen out unqualified people. So the really valuable thing is that the employers are not just getting a stack of resumes they're getting qualified people based on the employer's requirements, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, you need something like that. Otherwise it's, it's a waste of time and, and people I, just get frustrated. 
Yeah. And I know too that you've had often you'll be working with uh, employer, you'll be doing getting lots of applicants pre-screening, and then the employer will say, We're still getting applicants that are don't have a driver's license or whatever, don't have a certain qualification that we're that is really mandatory. So we're wasting time on them. So you can change your pre-screening, right? Yeah. Yeah. So any, I anytime during the campaign. Yeah, yeah. So I know like things are things change very fast in healthcare and requirements change. Um, the good thing about this, this kind of recruiting is it is very uh, editable. So it's very easy to edit right. uh, whatever questions you're asking or whoever you're targeting or however much you're spending. It's not like you give a budget to a platform and it mandatorily spends that. It's very, very easy to adjust things here. Great. Okay. I will, uh, another question that I think is related to that is about that quick application that you talked about. So people can go in and quickly um, fill in their information. The question is, uh, so what kind of percent, percentage of the people that fill in that quick application are actually follow through and are interested in, in the job opportunity? Or are mm -hmm. you just getting a ton of people who don't really, aren't really interested? Yeah. So the thing is with this, uh, about 50% of people who complete that will just drop off. Like you won't hear from them ever again. It's as if they've been stolen away or killed by a Lego army made by their kids. Mm -hmm. Now, the good part of it is you get a lot of applications. So to give you an example, the group of figures, uh, we got 80 people completed that quick application uh, a couple of months ago for a hospital. And then we got 30 of those on the phone. We got 12 of them to give their resumes and we forward them to the hiring manager. Four of them were interviewed and then two were hired. So the drop-off might seem like a lot, but the glory of it is you're only really dealing like with that, that 12 or even that four who are interviewed. So um, you're not having to kind of chase up too much the people who are you're dropping off at the first hurdle because they're not interested anyway so the employer isn't worrying about the all those people that are submitting the quick application at the beginning they're looking they're only spending time on the people who are screened in based on the requirements they give us yeah exactly right okay that's great um i'll also just remind people that in the chat i did post the link for the opportunity that Adam talked about. So the clock is ticking there, I see on the screen. Okay, yeah. The link, the link is there in the chat. So check that out and, and we can sign up for that opportunity. Um, another question we have, and feel free to keep sending your questions if there are other questions for both Adam and Caitlin as well. I see Caitlin is still with us. I know she is going to have to leave, but so far she's still with us. Thanks, Caitlin. So if people have questions for Caitlin or Adam, post those. And uh, let's see, the other question was, okay. And it came back to sort of the beginning and one of the questions we, and maybe maybe the other people, Murray and Leanne sort of answered this question, but one question was, well, if you're, if you're advertising on Facebook, I've got Facebook. Why can't mm -hmm. I just do that? Why, why can't I you? do it myself? Why can't I do it myself? Oh, why, do I... I need, why, why do I need your help? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a very good question. So. Um, first of all, what, what we want to do is really help organizations find which is the right one for them. So whenever we do this little feasibility check, we're going to look at your resources. And if we think it is best for you, then we'll honestly just say you can do it yourself. Whenever it comes to like working with us, so we, we aren't really a company that advertises on Facebook for clients. We're results-driven company, so we would guarantee 45 applications in 90 days, and we would do every step of the process. So rather than just advertising on Facebook, we distribute the jobs across Facebook, social media, like phone apps, websites. Then whenever people apply, we have created a screening setup there, so they have to answer our questions, and then we actually call them. So it's a little bit like an agency format. So we're following up with them and then we're booking them in with the client. So Facebook ads for yourself is, is a good start, but 
Um, before this, I made kind of the pros and cons of doing it yourself and outsourcing. And the, the biggest thing I found was whenever you outsource it to an expert, you will get the same result without wasting a lot of money on trial and error. And of course, without wasting a lot of time on trying to learn how to get that result. So um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, you have to pick and choose. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to jump in briefly, Patrick and Adam, to take my leave. I do have to run. Um, but if anyone on the webinar has additional questions they want to ask me afterwards, you can feel free to contact me on LinkedIn um, or via email at caitlin at theemployerbrandshop.com. And Patrick and Adam, I just want to say thank you so much for inviting me to, to be part of this webinar today. I really enjoyed it. Great. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Awesome. See you again. See, See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. So often.